Welcome. This is Hoosier Ag Today in the morning podcast on December 23, 2022. I'm Andy Eubank. Welcome to the podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Well, the winter storm rolled in yesterday and last night. Bitterly cold and windy conditions continued. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with the details. Eric Pfeiffer checks in with news, including a conversation with Bruce Kettler from the Indiana State Department of Ag. He's moving on in January. Markets yesterday sold off. C.J. Miller in with Mike Silver analysis. All coming on the Hat Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. ISDA's Kettler takes on a new role in what the power shift in the U.S. House could mean for agriculture. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. It was announced earlier this week that Bruce Kettler will be leaving his post atop the Indiana State Department of Agriculture and becoming the president and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. It has been my honor to serve the, the citizens and particularly the uh, the agricultural industry in the state of Indiana. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity that Governor Holcomb, Lieutenant Governor Crouch gave me. wasn't one that I expected, but it has been uh, certainly has been an honor for me to be able to serve in that role. Under Kettler's leadership, ISDA developed a rural economic development model and data access for rural economic development professionals and created strong growth in soil conservation with increased cover crop adoption. Also, we work with the hardwoods industry to develop a new strategy for their industry that was well received and I think very, very strong. Uh, my predecessor, Ted McKinney, before uh, when he was in this role, uh, had there had been a dairy strategy put forth. We found and realized that we needed to update that strategy. So uh, as a department, we, we developed and, and worked on the Dairy Industry Strategy 2.0 that's uh, being worked on now. With the Agribusiness Council of Indiana, Kettler says he and the board of directors are looking for membership growth for the organization. Some people might just think of it as you know, grain elevators, retailers, and, and those kinds of businesses. But when we think about the future of the industry, technology companies become a part of it, maybe reaching out to other related sectors that will be touched by the industry of agriculture. And that's where, where I think from my perspective, I know there's growth opportunities there. Kettler's final day with ISDA will be January 6th. Lieutenant Governor Crouch says a search will begin immediately for his successor. 
You can hear my full interview with Kettler at HoosierAgToday.com. Here's your holiday reminder that it's just about time to put out the milk and cookies for my big night. Oh, ho, ho. That's right. Just take a picture of the milk and cookies that you leave out for Santa and post it to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the hashtag SantaDrinksMilk. Use all your social media and be sure you tag at INDairy along with hashtag SantaDrinksMilk. Now let's see those pics with hashtag Santa drinks milk. Ho, ho, ho. A split is coming to Washington in the new year as Republicans get set to take the majority in the U.S. House. What does the shift mean for agriculture? Andy Eubank reports. Regardless of who has control, the country's farm organizations have a history of working with both sides. I have to say in terms of ag policy, ag policy has a long tradition of being a bipartisan conversation. That's new American Farm Bureau Federation Executive Vice President Joby Young. Young says the bipartisan approach for AFBF in the coming year won't be much different than the past. From a Farm Bureau perspective, we're a bipartisan organization. We have great relationships and uh, constituency that, that uh, uh, that is able to have a good conversation with policymakers from both parties uh, over the years, and we'll continue that tradition and look forward to doing that, not just with folks that we have long-standing relationships with that may have been in Congress for a long time, but also a lot of new members. Farm Bill working group discussions are already at full speed in preparation for the writing of the 2023 bill. And for Farm Bureau, that means starting at the grassroots level. 2,800 county Farm Bureaus. Over the past few months, those folks have had their county meetings. They've had had a local conversation about their their priorities and their issues. They've they've articulated policy uh, preferences that feeds up into their state annual meetings, which are going on now, and and having those conversations at a state level. And then when we have our our convention in Puerto Rico in January, our, that delegate body will finalize our policy priorities, and one part of that will be the Farm Bill. Young said the working group produced 60 recommendations for Farm Bill priorities. Our board approved that unanimously. We, we released that publicly a few weeks ago. Those are 60 recommendations that are in every title, every aspect of the Farm Bill. But some of the top-line priorities that we're talking about are things like keeping the Farm Bill unified, keeping the nutrition title paired with the farm program aspects of the Farm Bill. We feel that's been a successful approach in the past and an appropriate one. Uh, it, it, it's something that allows us to have that conversation around uh, of the whole food and ag system together, that policy conversation. So we'd like to see that continue. Additionally, Farm Bureau would like to see critical programs in the Farm Bill preserved, namely the safety net and crop insurance. They also want USDA to have the staffing and systems in place so programs can be deployed. I'm Andy Eubank. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Have a Merry Christmas from Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. This is the post-winter storm edition. I guess I shouldn't say that just yet. We're done with new snow, I think, in a large part of the Hoosier State. The snow that came in with the frontal boundary complex late yesterday and overnight. Yeah, it is done. 
But the winds are not done. These winds stay very, very strong all the way through the day today and through a large chunk of tomorrow. Those strong winds will trigger lake effect snow as we move through the next 24 to 36 hours in far northern tier counties. The rest of the state where there's not new lake effect snow falling, what we're going to be dealing with is blowing snow. The snow that fell last night, it's going to blow for the next few days. Now, one could say, well, that means it should be gone by the time we get to Sunday. It should all be sitting over in in southern Ohio or West Virginia. Yeah, I get your, your thought process there, but what this means is we're going to continue to see slick roads as snow blows across and just general travel woes. The winds start to subside as we move through Sunday, getting below 10 miles an hour on Monday. Bitter cold air, though, is here to stay. It was impressive the way temperatures fell as the front passed late yesterday and overnight last night. Those frigid temperatures are here today. Dangerous wind chills as much as 20 to 30 below here today and tomorrow. Once we get into Sunday, the wind chills ease a little bit just because the winds ease a little bit, but we still are frigid all the way through Christmas Day on Sunday. Lake effect can be an issue for northern tier counties, as we've said, right on through the Christmas holiday. Now, going into next week, we have a little bit of a change coming. Big push upward in temperatures the second half of the week. However, we're also looking at a clipper system before that. That clipper system comes through Monday afternoon, can give a quick coating to two inches of snow across about 60 to 70% of the state. Then we stay chilly for Tuesday before a big surge up in our temperatures Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That surge up in temperatures leads to a little bit of precipitation. I like scattered rain showers for Thursday afternoon, a few hundreds to a few tenths. And then as we go into Friday, better rain activity, a quarter to three quarters of an inch with 100% coverage across the state into new year's eve on saturday we are warm and we could see a round of thunderstorms yet again particularly southern indiana and that leads to new year's day being warm and damp january 1st of 2023 could see another quarter to three quarters of an inch of moisture so definitely changing the pattern in a big way but it's all leading to above normal moisture as we finish out 2022 and start 2023 i'm chief meteorologist ryan martin a day of sell-offs in the grain markets. This is Hoosier Ag Today's Thursday Farm Market Review. I'm C.J. Miller. This review brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. The year is ending, but the savings aren't. Save 9% until January 10th and bundle your seed and herbicide to save more. Check them out at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. With grain market analysis, it's time to check in with Mike Silver with Kokomo Grain. And after seeing gains on Wednesday, we saw sell-offs for the grain markets on Thursday. Uh, Mike, what were some of the factors that impacted the grain markets as we get closer and closer to Christmas and closer to the end of the calendar year? Well, CJ, you're correct. After several days of some upward price movement, we'd, we'd have seen a sell-off more so in soybeans than uh, in the corn market, in the wheat market. But today's downward price action in the grain was kind of spillover action from macroeconomic factors that are plaguing the equity markets today. The, the GDP data that 
came out uh, showed a little bit more resilient economy than was previously believed. And that has raised some fears amongst the global investors in the marketplace that we may see a more hawkish uh, attitude from the Federal Reserve that could lead into some recession next year. So there are so many factors that affect our, our grain markets. And today, the macroeconomic side of things has pressured grain prices lower as uh, managed money seeks some risk aversion. Uh, the Dow is down... Oh, about 800 points right now, 32,774. It's been pressured since that data was released this morning. And as I said, uh, that has spilled over into the grain markets here as we approach the last trading day tomorrow of this week. We did not get any help at all from the weekly export sales numbers. They were pretty anemic. 638,000 tons of corn, that's 25.1 million bushel. The soybean number came in at 736,000 tons, that's 27 million bushels. And the wheat number came in at 334.2, that's 12.3 million bushel. And those numbers are all lower than last week. Certainly in the beans, we had 2.943 million metric tons announced last week versus the 736 this week. So that has the bean market under pressure today, as does some better weather forecasts for the Southern Hemisphere, Argentina and Brazil. The, the, The weekend forecast as we face this monster forecast here in the United States with these bitterly cold temperatures and high winds and snowfall and blizzard conditions and on and on and on. Um, The South American weather condition going into the weekend looks to be improving a little bit. So that's adding some additional pressure uh, to the soybean market. From a fundamental standpoint, other than this week's um, export sales numbers, which we just talked about being pretty anemic, there really has not been much fundamental change uh, in grain market fundamentals. We need to pick up the pace in our week of export sales to meet the USDA projections. Uh, Every week we fall a little bit further behind on those. That's corn. Now, soybeans, uh, we're pretty close to right where we need to be uh, with our pace to reach the USDA export sales projections. But uh, we certainly don't want to see many weeks like this week where we have these pretty puny numbers in terms of export sales. So, And then the markets will be closed Monday as a holiday. Trade resumes Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock local time. We'll have an, an old-style uh, trade opening. There will be no pre-trade uh, Monday night. So, We'll see, CJ, if we can muster uh, some flash export sales from Foreign Agricultural Service. Those numbers usually come out by 9.30 in the morning. And just see if we can uh, post some green paint on our quote boards as we wrap this market up. Once again, Mike Silver with Kokomo Grain. Settlements from Thursday, March corn down one and three quarters at 660 and a half. May at 660 and a quarter, one and a half lower. January beans falling 13 and a quarter to 1467 and three quarters. March beans down 12 and a half to 1472. And March wheat dropping five and a half cents to 762 and a quarter. 
In the livestock markets, February live cattle losing 40 cents at 157.30 and February lean hogs 65 cents higher to end the day at 89.05. And that's your Thursday closing farm market report for your Friday Hoosier Ag Today podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. And this is our final Hoosier Ag Today podcast before Christmas. So on behalf of all of us at Hoosier Ag Today, we wish you and all the loved ones in your life a very Merry Christmas. We certainly hope that you're warm and safe throughout this winter storm and this cold, brutal winter weather throughout the Christmas weekend. Once again, for Andy Eubank, Eric Pfeiffer, and Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin, I'm C.J. Miller. Who's your ag today? Timely, relevant, credible.